Wow. Good to be here. If you're here and you've never been here before, or you haven't been here much before, um, thanks for that. I do need that, actually. Um, kapow. Did you say that? Oh, that's a towel. It's a kapow towel. That's, that's perfect, actually. I always forget this side. I'm so sorry. It's this dang nagat keyboards in the way of between us. I feel like there's something between us, guys. Um, and uh, just lost my train of thought, to be quite honest with you. It's like, <laughs> what's going on? Why is there a phone in my pocket? We'll just put that there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I always love to say, if you are here and you're new, we want to give you an extra special welcome because it's harder for you because you turned up somewhere. You took the boldness and the courage, particularly if you were like, I'm not quite sure about God or whatever, and I'm just here. That's a massive deal. Like, I want to just say to you, that's a massive, massive deal that you've just come to be a part of community this morning. And we want to say, you don't have to believe to belong, which is another way of saying, we, we love everyone here. We, we believe that God adores you, so we do too. And um, we're in it for the long haul with anyone that that wants to be here with us because we believe in a moment with God. You might have just had one in a moment and we use music as a tool for that. Um, and we also believe in the journey with God. We believe in an authentic journey with a miraculous God, which means we don't pretend things are okay when they're not. We live a real life. We don't go, oh, it's all good, you know, just this pretentious, religious, potentially religious pretentious of I'm all good and I'm all great and I'm a good person and blah, 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 blah. We live a real journey that goes, yeah, sometimes this is real hard right now. We don't, we don't, we don't have answers right now. We're struggling to move through this right now. Or, or it's really great. God's come through and we're celebrating. Or, or it just it feels quite ordinary. <laughs> we, but we also believe in a miraculous God that can do absolutely impossible things with very ordinary people. So if you're feeling just a bit ordinary right now, perfect place to be with God. Because you don't have to be all together, peace together, all great. God will take you as you are. He's not interested in appearances. He looks at the heart. The only thing God really desires of us is our heart. Can I get the clicker? Do we have that? Oh, yay. She's working hard. We have like we have a primary school team in our tech. How cool is that, eh? This is so good. We we love them. We adore you. you. So absolutely, we love them so much. Well, that's good. What I want to talk about this morning is being marked for royalty. Being marked. Thank you so much. Hey, give it up for Mary. Wait, hold on, guys. Hey, wait, is it working? Yes, it is. It's good. <laughs> I'm such a noob. Anyway, Mark Ferroity. You know those moments where you just want to look really slick and then you trip over the ground, you know? That's like my life. It's me. <laughs> Marked for royalty. I think one of the biggest battles and struggles of all humanity, if I could be as bold and audacious to say so, is that battle for identity. Truth and lies. Now, I am not going to attempt to have that discussion with you right now. It's a massive discussion that will take our entire lives. Who am I? Whose am I? How do I know? How can I know? What does that journey look like? 
I mean, it, it is really the journey of salvation. When you have a moment of encounter with God, you begin to feel He's more than just words people have told you, maybe in a conversation with someone, maybe in a service like this, maybe up on a hill somewhere by yourself. You have a moment, then you make a decision. And then the rest of your life is this journey with God where he replaces lies with truth. And I'd, be, I'd love to say it's really not the journey of, of you being good. I'm a good person, you know, like, depends who we, I'm a good person compared to Hitler, you know. Yeah, I'm not, I ain't no Mother Teresa, but I'm not Hitler, so I'm fine. You know, somewhere in that gray line between the way, you, the way we talk a lot. That's not the journey. The journey is, how do I see God? How do I see myself? How do I see others? You are marked for royalty. Karen uh, last week spoke an incredible message on Psalm 23. And it's a kind of psalm that's really, I I love that psalm. I think a lot of us know it. Um, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or I I shall lack nothing. And he makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through, oh, he guides me and they're along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for he is with me. His rod and his staff comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And that's where we're going here. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I love the vision that says, chase after me. Goodness and mercy. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's, it's kind of like one of those ones you just want to keep close to your heart. It's a beautiful picture of God and a beautiful picture of us. And I was reading through it at the start of this week, and I got verses, verses 5 here, and I'll just put it up for you. Psalm 23, verses 5. In the NIV, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. I love this because David went through this process. So David, the writer of this psalm, he had a moment as a young fella. Hamish, do you just want to come up? Come on up. A young fella like Hamish. Imagine imagine this is David. (laughs) Wow. What a guy. What a fella. He's actually, he's, I asked him to do something pretty ridiculous today, and he said, yes, so thank you, because I wasn't, I wasn't sure who was just wild enough to do this. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to ask some other people to come up real soon as well. Prepare yourself for that. You know who you are. I want to I talk through the, the verse here. Oh, it just went there accidentally. Wow. From 1 Samuel 16, 6 to 13. So this is the moment when David, who was this young fella, Probably looked very similar to Hamish here. Probably had a little bit of blonde in his hair. Could have had an earring or two. We don't know, eh? Probably, eh? Yeah, if you look in the subtext of the ancient Hebrew, you'll see. (laughs) No. Um, But here he is. Here he is. Here's our David for today. And there was a moment with David where he got anointed with oil. And he got marked for royalty. Before that moment, he had no idea what his future would hold. After that moment, well, it wasn't an easy journey to being king, but he was marked as king. It was a moment of being set up, set apart, pulled aside, marked, forever changed, forever different. As Samuel the prophet anointed his head with oil, 
And from that moment, although he went back to the fields that day as a shepherd boy, did the same thing he did many days before, although nothing in that, the days to come changed, the next day could have been very much as ordinary as the day he just had. He was different. Something inside him shifted. I want to read this out. So, oh, could I get, get, my, get my other dudes? Yep, Ben, James, Damien. Yep, Dan, you come in. Aiden, you come. Could I also get... Uh, Simon, can you just come up? It's not, you don't have to do anything. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Hey, Jared, can you come up too? You're a guest, but I know you well, so you... you. Um, you guys come here... And you just stay there. Just stay there. Stay by the table. Okay, you guys come. Is that good? Okay, brilliant. Oh, you're first. Here we go. Okay, you guys ready for this? This is what it was like. <laughs> so, you guys all come up. Block him out of you. Block him out of you. Come on, don't go behind him. Go in front of him. His older brothers would not have been supportive like that. They would have been in, in yeah, they don't care about the youngest, you know. I am the youngest of four, and I can vouch for being the forgotten one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been triggered, you know. Like, yeah. The next half an hour is a counseling session. Yeah, why? Rocking on the side. Anyway, <laughs> it's just a bit funny, isn't it? Okay, so oh, I'm just pointing at the screen, Ben. So it's pointing at you. Ben! Um, here we go. So Samuel was told to go to this household, the household of Jesse. And he goes, he, look, here we go. So he's there, he's arrived. Uh, he's unhappy with Saul, and God's going to uh, anoint a new king. And so Samuel's like, okay. He's looking around at the prospects, thinking, who is the new king? He's looking around. And when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab. <laughs> and he thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Man, surely. So Samuel's looking around going, this guy looks like a king. This guy, what's really interesting was Saul, Saul was a foot taller than everyone else. It says Saul, the, the first king, the guy who rode on appearances rather than heart. So Samuel is looking, man, who, is, who looks like a king? This guy looks like a king. So he's getting his little anointing. He's, he's kind of getting ready here. He's going, okay, sweet as, we're going to do this. I'm going to anoint his head with oil. I'm actually a little bit shaky because I've had two coffees. Hope I don't tip it over. Um, <laughs> you're not preaching, James. I am. Stop distracting me. Okay, so no. Okay. So he goes, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Sorry, bud. You can go. Goodbye. This, you can go. You can leave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another day. This is like America's next top model or something. I don't know. I just love this verse. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called, oh my gosh, Ambinadab. They just call him Dab for short. Yeah. Awesome. Winnie's just learned how to dab. She's about three years too late, but that's okay. Jesse called and bin, this guy, and he said, 
he, he, he put him past him in front of Samuel. Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. He's like, man, surely, surely Nelson's own Thor would be the next to be king. And then, and then Shammah passed by. He was the oldest. I don't actually know who was the oldest in this group. I'm sure it says it somewhere, but I didn't read it. Uh, so that's my research skills there. Jesse had Shammah passed by, and Samuel goes, surely this guy, look at him. Wow. Amazing, handsome, intelligent, an engineer even. He's ready to be king. And no, 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 no. Samuel goes, not this guy either. And then he goes, okay. So he goes through, which is so interesting. So he's Samuel, and Jesse's kind of like, okay, I'll give you my best net. Jesse's kind of like, he's ranked his kids, you know? You want to rank the kids? No. Shame on you. No. Um, he's ranked his kids. He thought, okay, well, Elliot was my best shot. Because <laughs> Jesse's now putting them in front of Samuel. Going, yeah, here's my son. Here's my son. It's like, oh man, he's like, this guy, surely this is my other son. He's not quite as good as the other three, but he's definitely the best of the next. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I can. Wait, did I get? Oh yeah, that makes sense. Seven, seven, then David. Sorry, just maths. Quick maths. Quick maths. And he goes, no, not this guy either. And he's like, okay, I'm running out of good sons. I'm going to go to my tear down of, of, of like, not the worst sons, but like just kind of in the middle somewhere. So Jesse's kind of like, Okay, well, not those guys. He's this not as experienced engineer, but still a very good engineer. <laughs> Is that in the text? Yeah. Um, and, and he goes, oh, man. Yeah, here we go. And Samuel, no, 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 no. So goodbye, goodbye. And he's running out of kids. So Jesse's getting a little bit like, oh, man. Like I thought I was, our family was going to get into royalty, and I feel like now we're missing out on our chance. So he's getting mad. Okay, I've got the dregs now, but we still still got it. So he's like, man, this, he's got a broken collarbone, but he's still good. Still good. He went, sir, he went snowboarding yesterday. So. <laughs> I just had to say it. <laughs> You're a God of miracles. Pray for that. Okay, anyway. So, and hey, no, 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 you didn't let me finish. You don't know that? And then Samuel, no, 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 not this guy. And then, and then his, his, seventh, his seventh son. It's like, okay, you know, here we go. This is my seventh son. I think at this point he's forgotten about David. So he's like, I have seven sons. This is the last one. So Jesse is getting nervous, and he's like, oh, my son. This is my last son. I really want to, you know, look at that. There we go. And so his last son's going like, man, wait, I got this. We, come on, Dad, we're going to do it. And then... The moustache of glory. <laughs> I'm praying hard, man. Come on, pick me, pick me. It's like The Bachelor, and you give the rose. Yeah. No, nobody watches The Bachelor here. Neither, neither do I. Yuck, garbage. Anyway, um, no, not this guy either. And so Jesse's like, I'm running out of kids. This is it. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? So Jesse didn't even think to call David in the first time around. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you felt, man, I'm not even called in. I'm not even in the circle. I'm not even a part of that. I'm unqualified. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not together enough. There's one thing to think it yourself, right? And we talk a lot about our, thinks, our thoughts shaping us. It's the other thing where your very context is doing it to you as well. So Jesse, the father of David, 
Oh, that's right. I have another son. <laughs> Guess what? That's what happens when you have eight. But uh, I, have, I have another son. He's still the youngest. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health. This is a good one for you, Hamish. And had f- a fine appearance and handsome features. Just like Hamish. That's why I chose Hamish. It's a really interesting, actually, because there was two people I really wanted to choose for this. And the other one is, is dreadfully sick right now. And I actually had, you were, you were the other one, and I thought, I hope Hamish says yes to this. Because although we're doing an example and it's all a bit of funny, I really believe that God does want to uh, anoint your hair with oil. And I think he wants to kind of put a stake in the ground. But I also think, you know, I don't know if you've felt this. I'm not going to speak that over you. But I definitely had moments where I'm like, there's no way I'm the Lord's anointed. There's no way I'm chosen by God. There is no way. You know, obviously we hear these things. Oh, you're made in God's image. Oh, that's so nice. So, you know, like we grew up here. You know, if you're like me, you grew up hearing that. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you actually hear today and you're like, I've never heard that. And you just, life is all about how much you can make of it. I've got to work hard. I've got to be good enough. And so you're sitting here going, well, this is news. <laughs> I'm chosen. I'm, I'm unique. I'm, I'm special. I know the world's kind of twisted that around. And we talk about the, mill- the millennials, you know. They all think they're special. They are. There's just perspective is different. They are unique. They are different. Every single human being has a unique purpose, but even more important than a purpose, a unique identity that has been designed specifically, uniquely, and with such accuracy from the eyes of God and the hands of God. The problem is we get stuck into a world of sin, of brokenness, of selfishness, of separation from God. And so we're, we're thrown into this place that begins to tell us we're something else. And before we get a chance to really own our identity as God's son and daughter, we're in a world full of lies that tells us otherwise. So even for those of you who go, yeah, I've been told I'm special my whole life, normally it's because you've got a talent. Or because you act a certain way. You know, maybe you're the good child, you know? Oh, they loved as long as you do the right thing, you know? <laughs> Ouch. The Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. Have you noticed God does this a lot with a group of brothers and then the young one? Is he trying to speak to the marginalized? Is God trying to speak to those that feel like they're insignificant? Is God trying to speak to people that feel like their only goodness is tied to their ability for something? Without God, I think all we have left is our own ability. With God, and thank God for God, those of us that feel deep down, beyond the conversations and the friendships we have right at the bottom of our soul, we feel like we are not enough. And if there are those in this room that feel that way, maybe in some way, shape, or form trying to catch up, then this message is for you. And he anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and from the day on that 
from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. God sees you the way you truly are. How do you see yourself? I think personally this is a constant battle in my head. And I, I always hoped, particularly in the last couple of years, thing, you know, I, I've been hit with things and waves of kind of questions and accusations. That, and you kind of think, man, I thought I dealt with this. If I'm 30 years old, I feel like I should know who I am in God. I've grown up in this. I grew up in church. I've had these words spoken of me with, a, with, pow- with powerful words from my parents. Night after night prayers. I think I should know who I am by now. But I still find myself in this flux and this battle of seeing myself the way God sees me. God sees with different eyes than we do, right? We see pain. God sees purpose. We see shame, God sees salvation. We see broken, God sees healing. We see face value, God sees heart value. We see things as they appear to be, God sees things as they truly are. I love that I was born into an age where Jesus is not here walking on the earth. You know, there was a moment he was there for a chunk of years and then left. Do you know why I love that? Because I want a faith that isn't, dependent on what I can see with my own physical eyes. I want a faith that's dependent on what I can see with my spirit eyes. So I wonder if the majority of the mission that we see flowing from the cross and before the cross, because God has this amazing way to be himself and outside of time and have salvation for all that choose to respond to him. That the majority of us and even there's, there's a stat, and I don't quote me on it because I just thought of it now, of there's more people in the world now than, than all the amount of people in the world in the last, if up until this point. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense or not. But that's incredible. 50% of the entire human population is on earth right now. I don't know. So please don't. You know, you could Google it and I could be wrong. But... And so we here, and I know many of us as Christians, you go, I want to meet Jesus. I want to be face to face. I wonder if God, his plan really truly involved invisibility because he wanted to affect something that we can't see. And if it was all about something that was in front of us that we could see and touch and hear, then that's the level of our faith. God doesn't just want to affect your physical body, he wants to affect your spirit. God doesn't want, doesn't want to like, do things to your life so that you've got natural blessing. He wants to affect those bits we can't see, your soul. We see things as they appear to be. God sees things as they truly are. He sees the deepest truth about us. And the deepest truth is not our sin. The deepest truth is that we're sons and daughters of God. Because if our deepest truth was that we're sinners, we'd be wiped out at the cross when sin was wiped out. So your very essence of yourself would be gone. You would cease to exist. But because our identity is sons and daughters, when sin is taken out of the equation, sin is separation from God. It is far more than an action, probably much more an attitude. 
It always frustrates me when Christians at camps go, sinners, breaking God's rules. <laughs> nah, that's not helpful. Sin is an attitude of pride against God. It's thinking I'm no better than him. At the heart of sin, I, I choose to trust Jesus Christ or Elijah Burton. So our deepest truth is that we were designed and made for his greatest glory to worship him, to be with him, to shine. And I think what God wants to bring us back to is those moments where we feel inadequate, second rate, overlooked, unqualified, not good enough, a monster that's been one for me. Me and Karen always talk about this because people have different elements of, of how they have perceived themselves. That's been one for me. I don't find it hard to think of myself as a monster. For me, the challenge has been my lovability. I think most of my life from about the age of 10, my lovability has been in question. For me, I've questioned it. Am I truly lovable? Am I truly lovable? Am I truly lovable? And then out of that, I've seen, I've seen the world through that. Ah, there's evidence that I'm not loved. There's evidence that I'm not loved. One more rejection. One more, you know, one more heartbreak. One more falling short. Oh, this must be my truth. So if you relate to that, what God wants to do is come in and remind us that before anything could go wrong, our lovability was never in question. Because what God gives, no one else can take away. What God designs, you can't undesign. What God puts as a mantle, you can't. When God says a word, that word remains and it doesn't leave ever because God is God. He is His word. So when God says, I love you, my child, I designed you, even if we, our only choice is to ignore or reject that statement. We can't disprove it. We can walk away from it, but we will end up living out of a lie that we are unloved. That can become our reality, but still not the truth. So if you're sitting here thinking that I just know that I'm unloved, I feel like I'm all these things, that might be your reality, but it's not the truth because the truth doesn't shift. Our realities do. Not only does God see you the way you truly are, He's chosen you. Which I think is crazy because when you really come to the cross, you realize I'm kind of worse than I thought I was. Some of us around here that may maybe feel like we've grown up in a very medium household and it's all been very okay and we're kind of fine. When you come to the cross, something stings a little bit. Have you noticed? Oh, oh, I'm actually worse. I've been judging all these crappy people in my life and I'm one of them. <laughs> oh, yuck. I've been ignoring this fact. <laughs> I've been running away from this fact. But the cross tells me I'm worse than I thought I was, but more loved than I could ever hope I would be. Oh, thank, thank goodness that I don't come to the cross being somehow enough and having to be good. He is my goodness. He is my righteousness. He is my enoughness. And at the cross, there's a beautiful and spiritual and truthful exchange between my shame and his sacrifice. He chose us, which means we can't be unchosen. We can choose to not respond, but we're still chosen. So you can't choose to not be chosen. You can only choose to reject the core. Still chosen. My kid could grow up and decide I'm no longer their 
no longer their dad, no longer their papa, and go, no, you're not my dad. I, it's not who I am. It's not who I'm not in this family anymore. I leave. Whatever reason that could happen doesn't stop them from being my child just because they think that. It just breaks the relationship. You can break a relationship. You can't decide if you're chosen or not. You can decide if you want to walk in that or not. That's a powerful thing to me because um, if I've always felt like, and I don't know if you uh, feel like this as well, everything's always been up to me. So to go, oh, that wasn't up to me. <laughs> it wasn't my choice. I, I didn't get to choose to be chosen. I just chose to respond. Oh, that's so freeing. Have you realized that you didn't get that? Oh, I chose to be a Christian. No, you didn't. You responded to God's call that he had before you could walk or talk or think or be. He already had that. He got the first word. He initiated relationship. You responded. I responded. That's the difference. We don't initiate with God. He initiates. Which means that if God says you're loved, who are you to say you're not? Romans 8, 15 to 17. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are, in fact, sorry, I put in, in fact, God's children. Now, if we are children, we are also ears, ears of God and co-ears with Christ. So whatever his kingdom is, we have stake in that. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. God has marked you with a spirit. Not only does he see you and has chosen you, he marks you with a royalty. If God is king of kings, what does that make you? How dare we glorify God in the highest and then, and then with the same mouth curse ourselves? When we begin to disagree with God, we are insulting Him. So for those of you that have a relationship with God, every time you step out of, well, God's so amazing. I'm dude, I'm dude, I'm dude. God's like, you're my child. You're a chip of the old block, chip off the old block. You have my traits. You've got, my, you've got heaven's DNA in you. Sometimes it's almost like, come on, that's not who you are. Sometimes it's a rebuke. Come on, that's not you. And it's actually insulting me for you to say that about yourself. If someone says something about my kid, <sighs> like I feel like I'm going to have to really exercise self-control if someone bullies my kid because I'll go to jail for them, man. I'm, as in like, I would retaliate. I've got to hold myself down. You said that. What about my kid? You know, like you, you touch my kid. I heard that one one of the boys um hit my daughter in kindy. I said, "Who is he? <laughs> Tell me his name." <laughs> I went up to the teacher. I said, "Hey, I heard that my daughter got hit. What are you going to do about it?" <laughs> like I became one of those parents. You know, like sort it out. <laughs> he needs to be in a cage. You know, no. <laughs> All reason and logic leaves, and it's just kind of like, if that's how I would see my daughter or my son, how much more does God see you? What do you think you're doing? <laughs> Thinking of yourself less than I see you. Marks you with his spirit. 
And I, and I was reading this. We're going we're gonna to do this now, man. So this is what he did. He didn't do this, but I'm sure he wore something like that. Is that nice? Is that good? Just so you cover it up. That's good, eh? Yeah. I read this um, in my journal time. It wasn't actually, I didn't do it for a message. Like I wasn't trying to find a message. You know, something, well, I don't know. I, sometimes you try to find messages that would be nice for people. Blah, blah, blah. It wasn't one of those. This was like a, it, was, it just impacted me. If anything, I'm actually just preaching it myself. And every time I've thought about this moment, it's been like a spirit moment in me. Like it's just like impacted me because I'm like, this is what God wants to do with you and with me. Actually, I wasn't thinking about you, sorry. I was thinking about myself. And I felt God say, this is what I want to do with you. I want to take you, my son. You've, you felt overlooked. Maybe you feel like you're inadequate for the role I've put you forward in, and I'm just going to anoint you here with oil. I'm going to mark you. And it's just changed me. Psalm 23, he anoints my head with oil. He marks me as a leader. He marks me as an influencer. He marks me more than those things as a son, as a daughter. He says, this is my son, my daughter, and they carry my spirit. This was the moment that changed everything. The words before, the actions before led up to this. This was the power moment. Because not only was David seen and chosen out of the group, at incredible odds, really. He probably wasn't the best pick, appearance-wise, as we can see from, from, the, from the word. So already like, whoa, that's pretty good. I've been seen. I've been chosen. No, 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 no. That's all lead up. That's all lead up. This is the moment. Because when God anoints you, everything changes. And this is what he did. You just come over here. You might want to like, put your head out. Just so, yeah. And this we did. So Samuel got David. And it was, this, it was like the moment the oil touched his head. Everything was different. Everything was different. It actually didn't matter how David saw himself. It didn't actually matter what his day was like up until that moment. It didn't matter what he was actually doing. Nothing else mattered. It's what God had chosen to do in that moment that mattered. Can you imagine this moment with David? Can you imagine this, 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 here's his brothers all standing there indignant. And here's Samuel having just poured oil on David's head, completely drenched his head as a, as a, not just a symbol, but as a moment, a spiritual moment where the Holy Spirit, I don't really know how it happened. I was going to say infused. I don't really know. But the Holy Spirit moved on David's life. Who knows if he felt that different at all? It could have just been like, I've got oil on me now. You know, it, might, it could have been a moment where he felt he wept. It could have been a moment where he just was like, okay, this is me, I guess. But everything was different. It doesn't actually matter how you feel for it to be different. It doesn't actually matter, you know, you can leave today and still be like, ah, oh, I've still got the same problems. No, but if you say yes to the choosing of God, if you respond, if you come when he says, come forward, I've chosen you. I see you, son. I see you. Come up here. I'm going to anoint your head with oil. Everything's going to be different. Doesn't have like we go, oh nothing feel everything is different. Because you can't take away from the word of God. When he says, I've marked you with my spirit, you begin to realize that you're not just a human walking on the earth. What may look like a mediocre life, even to the day you die, is now marked with royalty. Significance is not something that is marked by how other people see it. 
You've got to know that. The world doesn't see that. Specialness is normally marked by how famous you are, how talented you are, how able you are, how you see success. God says, I'm not interested in appearances. I'm looking at the heart. And I chose David because I saw a man after my own heart, a young boy after my own heart. So the real question for you is, what does your heart want? And it's not a question of, of, of going back and forth. You go, I want God or I don't. If you play too long with your heart, you're just going to get confused and overthinking because the Bible says the heart is deceitful beyond measure. You don't have to look into your heart. You just have to choose to give it over. It's a choice. It's a decision. That's purely what it is. God, you have my heart. And he goes, you're royal. Begin to look at the life David lived, if you know anything about the Bible, the massive amount of years of honoring the king who tried to kill him and then taking his place and ruling and creating a legacy for Israel of a man who was broken and made multiple mistakes, big mistakes, mistakes that you and I would probably judge anyone for if we first heard about the gasping type of mistakes. You know, you might have some of those. I might have some of those. You did what? But God calls him a man after my own heart, a worshiper, a warrior. God lifts up this David and says, hey guys, look around. All of history, take note. This is what a worshiper looks like. It's not beautiful. It's not pretty. It's not amazing. It's just surrender. And so this is our moment right now. Number one, you don't know God. And you, this is your moment. Maybe you feel far from God. Maybe you feel disconnected. We want to pray a prayer with you. What's going to happen is we're going to close our eyes. You're going to, you're going to raise your hand. We're going to pray a prayer that we have on the screen. And God's presence is going to mark you. But for those of you who go, yeah, I walk with Jesus. I kind of want to do a prayer of marking right now. I want to do a prayer... And see, we're going to do that first. You'll know if you want it. If there's something in you that begins to question your identity, question your sense of call, question your sense of what God has for you, or who, who God calls you to be, why don't you stand to your feet? I'd love to pray for you. And we just want to pray right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you about 10 seconds. It's a heart surrender moment. For whatever reason, you can stand or not stand, and you can have a moment. But right now, if that's you, why do you stand? Why don't you raise your hands towards heaven? Lord Jesus, I feel like God just wants to like spiritually anoint your head with oil. You feel it pouring down your head, dripping onto the ground. I feel like God just wants to reaffirm, I've chosen you, son. I've chosen you, daughter. I see you and I've marked you. I've marked you. And what I put into you, you can't, you can't take out of you. When we say yes to God, the Spirit lives in us. We are no longer our own. We're bought at a price. Everything's different. Whatever you have in front of you, whatever season, whatever difficulties, whatever overwhelming odds, you are marked. You need to remember this moment for the, for the next three months, particularly those that call you not home. The next six months of this church, you need to remember this moment because you're going to want to doubt it. Time, potentially three or four or five times, and you remember, I'm called, I'm chosen, I'm marked. I am marked. It doesn't matter what my life looks like right now. 
doesn't matter how good I am at praying or reading the Bible. I am marked by God, and those God marks cannot be unmarked. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You guys can take a seat. I want to pray for those who don't know God, and we're going to have that, that moment I just talked about. So why don't you close your eyes right now across the room? If you're just here and you're like, yep, that's me. I feel far from God. I feel disconnected. I want prayer. I want to say yes to Jesus. I've never said yes before, maybe. You'll know what it is. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Yep, Elijah, pray for me. I'd love to do it. I'd love to pray with you. going to go a little bit longer. I want to give you the opportunity. Just for those of you who say, yep, I'm disconnected. I've been trying to do it all on my own steam. Hey guys, I want to pray this prayer. So we're going to have this moment. So if you were that a person that goes, you know, I don't want to raise my hand, but maybe you're thinking, yeah, I want to pray this prayer. We want to pray it. But also I love to pray it as a, as a prophetic moment um, because God wants to bring people home. So if that, why don't you open your eyes up? We're going to pray this prayer. And we're going to believe for our friends and family. And if that is you and you just want a recommitment in this moment, in this soft moment, you can do that. So we, um, why don't we pray this together? Why don't you speak it with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for creating me and for loving me, even when I've gone my own way. I realize I need you in my life, and I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. Let's get to that next slide. Thank you. I want to follow you from now on. Please come into my life and make me a new person. I accept your free gift of salvation. Please help me to grow as a Christian. Amen. If that was you, I encourage you to fill out that Connect card. Um, and I encourage you to get involved uh, into life group, into the, into, you know, the journey. If you're here for first time and, and you're looking for a church home, come a couple of weeks just so you can see what it's like to be in this church home. And uh You'll either like it or you won't, I guess. Um, and that's really good. Thank you so much, Hamish, for letting me pour oil all over your head. Um, love you guys so much. We're going to finish off now, Damien. You're going to.